It's about that time, folks. It, it was the Big Ten Media Days. We're talking all things that we heard from PJ Fleck and the four golfers that accompanied him to the Media Days. We're going to dive in deep. Football season is almost here. Get ready. Get set. Let's go. Locked on Golden Gophers, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week. Now, this is the final shortened week. So we got Wednesday's episode, which is today. And then we got Thursday. That'll do this week. And then next week, we're back at it. It is football season. Not only does the Gophers fall camp kick off, but we kick off Monday through Friday with this podcast. So be sure to hit subscribe down below on YouTube. Or if you're listening on the audio formats, wherever you get your podcasts, be sure to hit follow and leave a five-star review. We're building this thing up. We're going to get mailbags going. We're going to get guests on the show, whether that be other analysts, whether that be other sister stations, sister networks, whether that be the Wisconsin Badger show, which we've had on before, getting some of the Hawkeyes in. As we play these opponents, I want to get more experts in here, more insight from the opposing side, and we're really going to break it down, folks. So get excited. It's going to be a fantastic season, and the Gophers... They're ready to row, baby. They're ready to row. So get ready just like they are, just like I am. It is time to get invested. So what we're going to do today is talk about that investment in the first step, which was the Big Ten Media Days. Now, that means PJ Fleck was going and talking officially to a handful, a large majority of all of the major Big 10 writers from all across the conference. Now, also, along with him were four Gophers players that included Tanner Morgan, John Michael Schmitz, Tyler Newbin, and Mariano Sorimarin. So leaders of the pack, leaders of the team, great guys, great producers. And we're going to dive in not only to everything Fleck was talking about today, but at least one key thing that was said by each of those players as well. Now, let's start with Fleck. Uh, I'm just going to dive in with some of the questions that were asked of him and how he responded, maybe just the important bits of this response. I'm not going to give you the full 20-minute interviews or anything like that. But the first topic of note, Fleck said on many occasions, many occasions, and many points in singular interviews. So he was, I had found two separate interviews from today's media days, and he's probably said it two or three times in each of those is that this team is the most committed team in his six years at the university of Minnesota. We'll talk more about that later, but it's at least an encouraging phrase to hear. I'm not saying that, that we, we might not be being sold something here, But again, we'll talk about it in a moment. So first off, we talk about Mo Ibrahim. That was one of the first questions of topic and just an update on him and how he's looking. Overall, Flex said Mo is the guy who could have, he could have went to the NFL. He could have done it even with the Achilles injury. 
That said, he had close to 170 yards in the first half against Ohio State. He was due for a big year. But he decided not only to come back for himself, but for his team. That was a huge reason on why he wanted to come back was for his team. And he really was a pushing or a driving factor for some of those, those three others that used their sixth year um, in Tanner Morgan, Chris Bell, and John Michael Schmitz. John Michael Schmitz honestly said that seeing those other guys there and knowing what he wanted to accomplish it helped push him towards that. So he was he was down to the wire when it came to making that decision, but Mo led the way for a lot of those guys. Now, he the thing point out with Mo Ibrahim that you love to hear that PJ Fleck did say is that he is at full strength. He is. Not he's trending towards, not he's going to be, not he's looking good. He is at full strength and ready to roll. Fall camp starts Monday, folks. Fall camp starts August 1st, and he's ready to roll. That is exactly what you want to hear when it comes to our starting running back, who is, quite frankly, one of the best running backs in the country. And he's back at full strength. I'm ready to see him light it up. I'm ready. I mean, he lit Ohio State up in one half of football. I'm ready to see that all year. So get excited, get hype, and then we're going to move on to the next question, which was PJ's thoughts on USC and UCLA joining. He said, LA is perfect. Tons of living alumni, the Gophers have tons of living alumni on the West Coast, which helps the footprint that's being established now. He said that, will it help recruiting? Yes and no, but you can't know for certain. Then on top of that, he said, traveling through the eye of football. So he talks about traveling, how people talk about, oh, is that such a big deal? You're traveling all the way to L.A. You're traveling like across the country. Maybe you're going to L.A. one week, then Pennsylvania the other. What he said to that is at least looking at it through the football lens, not the other sports. He can't speak to those. But through the football lens, it's not that big of a deal. In fact, he brought up the fact that he used to be in the MAC conference. He was a part of Maction, folks. And if you know what Maction is, you know those Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night MAC football games that happen. He said, I was a part of Mac Maction, and you travel nights on a bus for nine hours. And people weren't concerned about that. They weren't asking questions about that. And he's right. I mean, I worked in Division II football, and we traveled on a bus for eight hours, nine hours, 11 hours. We had a night game at 6.30 p.m. on our longest drive and drove back through the night to get back. Nobody's asking those questions. Nobody's asking, oh, is it okay? We, we did it. We got back up on Sunday to break down film, to go over the, the pluses and minuses of the last game, to dive in depth of what our weekly goals were, which we accomplished and which we didn't how we won each phase of the game or how we lost each phase of the game every Sunday. That's right. Every Sunday, folks, it is a seven day a week job. This college football thing, seven days a week. And when you even, even when you're on a bus till 9am the next day, good luck. You sleep a couple hours and then you hop back to it. If you're coaching or if you're in the prep world, you're back to it pretty bright and early, let's say 11 or noon. And if you're players, you're probably back in those meeting rooms at one at the latest, maybe two. 
you get a, in that morning, you're still usually doing something as a player. You're still usually in recovery, whether that be stretching exercises, whether that be rehabbing, whether you name it, folks, there's no days off. There are no days off. So he's right. There's a point, at least on the football side of things, it is not a big deal. Now, basketball and other sports, it might be though. So at least he only spoke to the niche that he knew. Last thing he said is it's a big change. It's something to be excited for the LA market in the big 10. And he's looking forward to it. Next topic of note was how do you define balance in football games this fall? I love this question. It was asked by someone we had on the show in Ryan Burns. Hopefully we'll have him on the show again before we get officially kicked off this season. But he asked a phenomenal question about how PJ Fleck defines balance this season when it comes to the offensive side of ball. Now, what PJ's response was, is that it's doing what it takes to win football games. It's not just pass for 200 yards, run for 200 yards, and you've got good balance. That's not what it is, folks. It is, if we have to throw for 350 yards to win the game, then not only do we have to do that, but we have to be able to do it. Last year, they were not able to do that. They were not able to pass for 350 yards if need be. But he recognizes that that is what balance means to him is not only doing it, but having the ability to do that, having the personnel, having the right players, having the right coordinators, having the right system to do it. And that stood out to me. I like that. I love to hear that. Now, he said in 2019, we had two first-team Big Ten wide receivers for the first time in the history of Big Ten, and they had a 1,000-yard rusher. Now, the flip of that, last year, they lost five running backs to injury. They had four wide receivers that missed at least three or four-plus games, and they still won nine games. But the biggest stressor to balance and to being successful because football is about winning games, no matter if it's by one point or if it's by 50 points, you got to get the win. What he said is you have to do what you have to do in order to win that game. But most importantly, to have the ability to do that. That was a great answer. Great mindset. It's not about, oh, well, we passed more often this year. He's right. It's about the game plan. It's about what you set up. It's about attacking the weakness of the opponent. And if that means you need to throw for 350 yards to win, that means you have to do it. If that means you have to run for 350 yards to win, having the ability to do it and attack that weakness of your opponent's game. I love to hear it. I love the response. I love the question. So thank you, Ryan Burns. If you're listening, shout out to you. Now, next was about Kirk Soraka. And was he surprised that it didn't work out in Penn State? Tanner Morgan's reaction. He was asked all of this, and he put on his political suit here. He put on his ride the wave or, you know, walk the line, keep it friendly, don't dive too much into details, which I respect, but we could have got a little more juice on this one, PJ. Come on now. Come on now. But what he said is that change is really hard. He wasn't mad that Kirk Soraka left and uh, loyalty 
to him, loyalty is not about staying with someone forever. He didn't expect Kirk Soraka to stay with him forever. But it's about giving 100% job effort while you are committed at that time. Let me repeat that phrase. It is about loyalty isn't about staying with someone forever. It's about giving 100% job effort while you are committed at that time. That is a really interesting phrase to keep in mind as the transfer era grows in popularity as people want to leave. It seems like the Gophers have been pretty understanding and haven't put up a fuss, haven't put up negative comments or passive comments or anything like that when it comes to players entering the portal, which is good, which means hopefully PJ is actually following this, this mindset. But we should remember that as fans in the case of players. when If, if PJ Fleck sees his staff in taking the opportunities that present themselves as a good thing, as long as they do it after they have fulfilled their commitment and given their 100% during that time, then that same mindset should be thought of for the players. Now, that's not what you want to hear as a fan. That's not what you want to think about is, well, they only played one year for us and then they took off. Well, if they were here and they gave their 100%, you're not complaining if our fifth string receiver gives his 100% every practice rep, every scout team rep, and then enters the transfer portal. You're not complaining. Most of the time you're like, oh, good luck. Most of the time people are not so nice about it and like, oh, well, he didn't matter anyway or things like that. But if a productive player does it, a lot of fans crap on them. It's just not the, not the thing to do, folks. If coaches can have that mindset, then we can't have a different mindset for players. Now, I'm not saying that I want players to transfer like crazy or just hop out or whatever. I don't want that. But it's at least having an equal thought process with it. Now, we need to come up with rules or establish a foundation with this stuff to help balance it, but that goes for both players and coaches, regardless of employment or signing a contract or what have you. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, but yeah, that was a great conversation from PJ. Definitely an interesting point that he got to there. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about PJ and some more of his responses coming up next. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online. See, Bet Online is where the game. You can get all of the latest trends and actions, whether that comes from money, money lines, odds lines, you name it, folks. They've got the, the bets, the odds, everything you need when it comes to sports betting over at Bet Online. In fact, the Big Ten West is honestly a toss-up. If you look at the over-unders for wins in the Big Ten, when you go over to bet online, there are four teams marked at seven and a half for the over-under when it comes to wins. And the Gophers are one of those four. That's the Gophers, it's Iowa, it's Purdue, and it's Nebraska. Now, if you have strong feelings, if you have strong just I know that Nebraska is not going to win seven and a half games. I know the Gophers are going to win seven and a half games. So eight games. Now's the time, folks. Get in before those lines move, before those lines shift, and they will shift. As we get more breaking developments in camps, as we get more information, as we 
camp starts next week. So now is the time. Head on over to Bet Online and get in on the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So like I said, we're diving back into more comments from PJ Fleck at the Big Ten Media Days. Now, the next topic of conversation was what does being the most committed team he's ever had exactly mean? Thank you. Thank you to whoever asked this question. Because if you're going to sit there and you're going to continuously repeat one phrase as your biggest phrase, the most committed team I've ever had in my history at the University of Minnesota, I want to know what that means. So thank you. Shout out to that reporter. I believe it was the Fox reporter for Minnesota. Shout out to you. Much love. I appreciate you. So what PJ had to say about that was it's about have to versus want to. It's what is the unrequired work that I have to do on my own? What are the things that we have to do? What are the things that we want to do? And Do we push ourselves to want to do that unrequired work? And then for the want to do, he said this team that he is working with wants to do the have to do things. Now that's that I know that hearing that it it might be a lot of have to want to, what are you saying, Kane? He is saying that the things that this team has to do, the things that you have to do as a football player, this team enjoys. This team enjoys those need be, those things that you have to do to be successful. But not only that, they also enjoy doing those unrequired works to push themselves further, to go above the expected, to be better than the norm. This team embraces it fully and this team enjoys it. He said, this team is fully committed to each other and that they can weed through things that don't matter and just get right to the work and get better right away from the jump. They dive in, they get to work, they push themselves, they push each other. And that is something that he hasn't had from across the program in his time here. He's had it from members. He's had it from players here and there, but across the team as a unified whole as a vast majority he is seeing that the team is committed to doing not only the things they have to do but also the unrequired work that they want to do so it was great it was an awesome thing to hear uh some other tidbits that weren't exactly questions in that main conference part but something he jumped on with some of the figureheads for the big 10 media days or the big 10 Uh, analyst cast is he said that there's a lot of guys that people haven't had heard of quite yet, but it's now their time to shine. And he's excited for those guys. He admits that there are a few games last year that he was chasing for the win, as opposed to doing what was needed 
to win. And he was trying to essentially jam a square peg into a round hole. And he admits that he admits fault. He admits that he went wrong in some of those games. I think we can speak to which games those are Illinois Bowling Green. I mean, even the Iowa game in a sense. So it's just, at least he can own up to it and we can learn from it. And that's great. That's what you want to see from any head coach. You have any coaching figure, leadership figure, even the work leader. That's what you want to see is that they can take what they did wrong and learn from it, adjust from it and grow from it. It's a life lesson, folks. It's a life lesson. So great to see that happening. Now on the topic of more Ibrahim again, he said, Mo may be one of the most important players, not only due to his ability, but also his leadership. And when he went down last year, there were guys that didn't know that they were ready to step up, but they stepped up. Now they know their depth. They, the team as a whole, they know their depth, they know their ability, and they are ready to step up. People have confidence in themselves, and that will be a big thing for the Gophers this season. Fleck also mentioned that this offensive line, though they don't have many starts they might be more athletic than the group that we had last year. He said that this offensive line group as a whole has 35 starts, whereas last year coming in at this time, we had like 121 starts collectively across the group. Now we have 35, but it might be a group that is more athletic than the guys that we had last year. Guys that Sam Schuster got a camp invite and was working with the 49ers. Blaze Andrews has been grinding with a UDFA contract, hoping to make the roster with the Dolphins. And then you had Daniel Falele, who got drafted in the fourth round to the Ravens. And then you got John Michael Schmidt, who is back. That's four of those guys right there that I'm talking to you about. We might have a group more athletic than them, which means if you can develop that athleticism, you could have the opportunity and the ability to be better. That's where we're going with this, folks. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to be a Gopher fan right now. Now, the last thing he said is that he has one, we have one of the best secondaries that he's ever seen in his time here. Now, there was a caveat, folks. He said, take Antoine Winfield Jr. out because dude's a freak. Dude is a star. Dude is a stud. He's a baller. There's a reason he went early in the draft. There's a reason he started right away. There's a reason he's a Super Bowl champion. Dude's a stud. So he said, let's remove Antoine Winfield Jr. from the conversation, and this might be one of the best secondaries that we've ever had. That should get you stoked. We've talked about that here on the podcast. Justin Wally, Terrell Smith, uh, Beanie Bishop, Ryan Stapp, uh, Flip Dixon. Tyler Newbin, Jordan Howden, that secondary is going to be nasty. And then you bring up the fact that maybe Stephen Ortiz Jr. steps up, four-star guy. Tariq Watson, true freshman, could step up. The talent in that secondary is nasty. Get ready. Get set. It's time to row. I am stoked. I'm excited. And next, we're going to talk about at least – one phrase, one insight that we heard from the, the players that came along for the Big Ten Media Days. We're talking about that next. 
All right. So thank you for making this show the place to go. There's a show where we always continue to row, no matter the win, the loss. Hopefully there aren't many of those, but this is where you go for Gopher Sports, folks. This is the podcast, Monday through Friday. It's going to be a daily show once we kick off next week. I'm excited. I'm stoked. If you can't tell that, I hope you're ready. I hope you're vibing off this energy, and I hope you're ready to go. But let's talk about the players that tagged along to the Big Ten media days. Four players that came with Tanner Morgan, Tyler Newbin, uh, John Michael Schmitz, and Mariano Sorry Martin. Now, I didn't see any speaking bits, any interviews or anything of that sort from Mariano Sorry Marin, but he was mentioned by Coach PJ Fleck in his conference about how he is a major, and I'm saying that in all caps, folks, major foodie, and that he has a, a list of 105 restaurants that he has been to, and he has it fully ranked. So I don't know if that Flick that light bulb on for you. But the second we can have Mariano Sorimarin on this show, we're going to get him on this show, hopefully. And we're going to talk some food along with some football. I hope you will be ready for that. I hope in the future we can get some tags going on his Twitter. Make sure he comes on the show. Let's talk about some foodie and football. I'm here for it. But that was a fun fact dropped about Mariano Sorimarin. He's a stud. He was also announced to the Buckus Award list for the watch list for this season for the best linebacker in the country award. So you love that recognition of 50 players or 51 players to be recognized on that watch list. Now, the other three players we did hear some from, and I just want to give you a quick tidbit on maybe just a soundbite of some of the things they were saying. Now, Tanner Morgan, he was talking about his favorite fleckism and like he, they were asked this. He didn't just un, unprovoked be like, oh, my favorite flex, fleckism. I love when coach, no. They asked all of the players, what's your favorite fleckism? What stands, what really strikes a chord with you? And the one that he picked, I loved because it really shows what he is striving for in this new year. And that is change your best, change your best, which means what you did yesterday is not good enough. What he did in 2019 is not good enough. What he did in 2020 is not good enough. What he did last year is not good enough. He's changing his best and hopefully the best is yet to come. I'm excited for Tanner Morgan. I know people are fatigued by him. I know people are like, oh, he's old. Oh, he could, he could have a kid that could drive by now. Oh, he's been here since 2002. Yeah, save it, save it. I get it. He's old. He's been here. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for this last year run. He's a great leader and I'm excited to see him continue to push and take that next step. Now, when it comes to John Michael Schmitz, one soundbite I wanted to put out there was that he said straight up, he came back to accomplish something that hasn't been done at the University of Minnesota in a very long time. That's why he wanted to come back. That was a major deciding factor for the return. These guys and the encore four that PJ Fleck calls them with Tanner Morgan, John Michael Schmitz, Chris Amonbell and Mo Ibrahim, the four guys that are using that final year, that extra year of eligibility due to the COVID season, they came back to do something special. They came back to win a Big Ten championship, to compete, and to get to that next level and leave their legacy. 
folks, this team knows that we are on the verge of something special and they're pushing for it. They're striving for it. They are going all out. They are committed to the cause. I'm stoked. I'm ready. Is it, is it game week yet? Put me out. I'm ready to go watch the game. I'm ready to take notes. I'm ready to go crazy. But let's talk about what Tyler Newbin said to wrap up this show, to close on a fun topic, which was that he was asked two things. One, what makes Minnesota football special? And I agree with him 100%. It's the fans. It is the fans. It is you listening to this podcast right now. We have the best fans in the world that go out there in negative 20 weather, yelling, screaming, waving towels, and cheering on the Gophers, no matter the weather, no matter the cause. You're going out there and you're sticking it to whoever our opponent is. That is 1,000% true. We are some of the most underrated, underappreciated fans in college football but the fans are the best. So I can't wait to continue to build this show's community with those fans, with you listening right now. So I appreciate you for listening. Now, the last phrase, the last thing Tyler Newbin was asked was, there's a lot of young guys coming up on this defense, this defense that was a top 10 unit last season, who are some young names that stand out to you to be on the watch for. I love this question. And some of these names are some of the names I've been mentioning on this podcast for weeks, for months. And some of them I didn't expect. And I'm excited to keep an eye on. So let's talk about it. He named four players. And then I've got five other players that we're going to throw all together. Those are the people to be on the lookout for as we hit fall camp. Now, his four were Austin Booker, defensive lineman, Flip Dixon, who we've mentioned both of those guys, Flip Dixon is a nickel corner. He's going to be used all over the field, folks. He's going to match up with tight ends. He's going to match up with running backs. He's going to match up with slot corners or slot receivers. He's going to be a fun player to watch. He's going to be a monster. And he was, he was bullying our wide receiver core throughout the spring. I'm ready for him. Flip Dixon, super excited. But then the two names I didn't expect, Jalen Logan Redding, D-line, and then Devin Williams, linebacker. Now, he mentioned Austin Booker. And Jalen Logan Redding are dogs. They're going to get it. They're going to grind it out. They're going to go hard. And I'm excited for that. I love that. I can't wait. Flip Dixon, going to be a matchup nightmare. Devin Williams, keep your eye on that. Because linebacker position, we haven't seen anybody across the board really step up besides Mariano Sorimarin. So it'll be cool to see him get more actively involved and see that name step out if a player, a captain, is calling that name out. Now to close, guys, to keep an eye out for, along with those players, as we approach this camp season, Ariante Erzuri, who is going to be the left tackle for the Gophers, Dalen Wright, wide receiver. We've talked about him a ton on here. It's his time to shine. Devin Eastern, interior defensive lineman, one of the highest rated recruits that has come in PJ Flex time with the Gophers. Beanie Bishop, a transfer from the FCS level. He was an All-American player in that FCS level, taking the step up, looked great in the spring game. And then a fun one for you that I truly, I've heard good things about, I'm excited for, is Maverick Baranowski, linebacker, true freshman. That's it. Mark it down. Let's go. It's time to row. Row the boat. Sky you ma. Go Gophers. This is Kane Rob signing off. Tomorrow, we're talking about basketball. 
with our new reclassified Caden Betts and how he affects the roster moving forward this year. That's going to do it for us. Have a good one. I'll see you later.